Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Anna Staver, and this is Ohio Politics Explained, a podcast where you give us 15 minutes and we give you all the news you need to sound smart and impress your friends when you go out this weekend. Welcome back to another episode of Ohio Politics Explained, the Master of the House edition. This week, we're explaining how Democrats helped pick a new speaker of Ohio's House of Representatives, why there's still no leader in the House in D.C., whether those ads we all keep seeing for sports betting have crossed a legal line, and why the governor doesn't like gummy bear vapes. Joining me today is reporter Jesse Ballmert. Welcome back to the show, Jesse. Thanks for having me, and I always appreciate a good Broadway reference. <laughs> and Happy New Year. This is the first podcast of 2023. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the number three, so I think it's going to be a great year. I hope so. Our first topic is the surprising speaker's race here in Ohio. Back in December, Republicans got together for an unofficial vote and picked Derek Marin to be the next speaker of the Ohio House. Fast forward to Tuesday, where Marin's official election on the floor was supposed to be a formality. He'd already hired staff, picked a leadership team. The guy even rented a space for a party after the vote. But Things didn't go according to Marin's plan. 22 Republicans cut a deal with all 32 Democrats in the House to elect someone else, a rural Republican from Southern Ohio named Jason Stevens. Yeah, this was a really fascinating vote. And it was also fascinating in how deja vu it felt because they also covered the speaker vote for Larry Householder, who, as you all might know, was elected with Democratic support as well. That was 26-26. So maybe a little more even. So this is a playbook that we have seen previously, but perhaps didn't expect to see play out quite so soon again. Yeah. And Larry went like 11 rounds, right? It was it was crazy. Yeah, it was a little more complex than this just was, a two vote system, which happened there. Yeah, it was like a one vote and done. It was also just interesting to hear how it was building. So right before the new year, I started hearing whispers that this this was a foot and then it started building. And then on the Monday after New Year's, I started getting like really serious messages from sources saying like, this was a thing, this could happen. And I was like, oh, okie dokie. And we started prepping and getting ready. And I think a lot of it was in flux. I think everyone was getting slightly different vote counts on who was where. The Democrats say they didn't make a final decision on who to support until like 1230 on Tuesday when they went to a caucus meeting and voted. And then they came to the floor at two o'clock. Like it was, I mean, it was very chaotic and a lot of whispering in like the 48 hours leading up to this vote. Yeah, this is um, really politics. So um, <laughs> I don't know if it's at its finest or at its worst. You can de- decide, depending on your preferred speaker yeah. candidate, whether whether that was a, a good or a bad outcome. I do think for just listeners, the differences between Jason Stevens and Derek Marin. Derek Marin is probably going to be a more conservative pick, though both of them are Republicans. Both of them support restrictions on abortion. Uh, both of them would have um, been pro gun access versus restrictions. 
is. And so there are a lot of things that these two individuals would have been similar on, but maybe some of the more social issues or controversial issues, perhaps a, a, a would-be Speaker Marin would be more willing to contend on those. And I think that's one reason among many that Democrats were more favorable for Stevens. Yeah. And there's lots of speculation about the deal that was cut between Stevens and the Democrats, because if you do the math correctly, he had more Democratic support than Republican support. Republicans have 67 seats in the Ohio House and only 22 of them went for Stevens. So a lot of questions, you know, Minority leader Allison Russo said there was no, quote, grand deal, but she did allude to conversations about things like education funding, right to work legislation, redistricting, that plan to make it harder to amend Ohio's constitution. Like there were a lot of topics basically swirling around about what was the bargain that brought all 32 Democrats on board. Yeah, to use more Broadway quotes, I kept thinking about the room where it happens from Hamilton. <laughs> you know, you don't get a say in what they trade away. So we'll we'll see. I also think redistricting is going to be really fascinating. As you know, we're going to have to redraw maps for both the congressional and the state house districts because the ones that we used this past time were only good for the last round of elections. So I don't know if what happened earlier this week is going to make that process any better than it has been in the past. It's still the same balance of Republicans and Democrats that are going to be in the room. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And our second topic in keeping with the Broadway musical theme is about the ongoing speakers race in Washington, D.C. And that one is garnering its own amount of spoof songs. So as of the recording of this podcast, Kevin McCarthy, a Republican from California, has fallen short of the votes he needs seven times. All of Ohio's GOP congressmen are voting for Kevin, but there are about 20-ish Republicans who aren't budging. And so the vote goes on. Yeah. And this is even more messy, maybe, than what we just experienced here in Ohio. Yeah, they're on day three. They're on day three. So I guess at least what you can say for the Ohio speaker race was it was quick. So it's interesting. You see a lot of references to Jim Jordan, an Ohio congressman who represents kind of a little bit west of Columbus in a pretty Republican district. He is one who has been, you know, a key leader in the Freedom Caucus and generally kind of more willing to throw some some bombs or, you know, oh, for sure. challenge various things. But he has been consistently voting for McCarthy and but perhaps he, because he would get some favorable positions out of that, too. Yeah, I was not to interrupt you, but like, yeah, he, he has said he wants to be chair of the Judiciary Committee. He doesn't want to be speaker, even though he got nominated. He's no longer been on, like, I think the last ballots. But for a couple of rounds of balloting, he was getting like 15, 20 votes from folks. So there were some people who possibly wanted him to take the speakership. 
Yeah, indeed. And he's his name has always been kind of bandied about because of his leadership in that Freedom Caucus, because he is a, a kind of an outspoken. He's like the OG Freedom Caucus leader. Indeed. So <laughs> so it's really interesting. We're not in Washington, D.C., I guess, thank goodness on this one. So we'll see how it ends up hashing out. But right now, the Democrats are consistently voting for their candidate. And so that means the Republicans are going to have to get on the same page at a certain point. The challenge will be if McCarthy has to trade away a substantive amount of his power in order to get those votes on board. What does that mean for the U.S. House of Representatives going forward? Our third topic is about those ads you've been seeing all over social media for sports betting. I personally have been inundated with them on like Twitter and TikTok and Facebook. Are you seeing a lot of them too? Yeah, I would say both you and I are the target demographic um, of people who are watching <laughs> that kick as the New Year's Eve ball dropped as opposed to the ball. Yeah, yeah. I think TikTok definitely and like I think social media just knows that I like college football. So they're very much like, I think, I think you would like to bet on this. But anyways, according to the Ohio Casino Control Commission and Governor Mike DeWine, some of those ads may have crossed a legal line. Yeah. So the Ohio Casino Control Commission is tasked with like regulating the sports betting industry. And that includes when they step over these lines, one of which is you cannot advertise to people under the age of 21 because that is the legal age to place a bet. And there were a couple instances, one with an event at the University of Toledo, another one in just like mailings that were sent to individuals who are believed to be under 21, where people were offered opportunities to bet or put potentially like sign up to bet. And that is a no-no. So those organizations are going to have an opportunity to dispute this before the Casino Control Commission. But even more recently, there were more potential violations for not including information in advertising about problem gambling or giving away things that are like quote unquote free when really they're not free and there's some financial obligation. And so we're only a few days into legal sports betting. It kicked off on January 1st and you're already seeing people trying to kind of skirt the rules. So it'll be interesting how the Casino Control Commission kind of comes down on these organizations and companies. Yeah. And the governor, I mean, was super not happy. He had, when he got the question uh, at a gaggle on Tuesday, he was like, thank you for asking. I do have a, like feelings about this issue. And let me tell you all the ways in which I'm upset. So we we definitely saw, he, he made it pretty clear that he's watching these ads very closely and reaching out to the Casino Control Commission when he thinks they're inappropriate. Yeah. And I would say... Another thing that might be interesting is I asked the Casino Control Commission, like, how are things going? How many bets have been placed? What was the first bet? And they're not keeping track of, like, how many people are betting on the Bengals versus the Browns versus the Buckeyes. Oh, that's too bad. That'd be really uh, interesting. So I think some differently triggered organizations and, like, websites are doing their own kind of analysis. Well, probably the first time we'll know for sure how well this is going is when the January returns come in, when we see how much tax money is coming in from sports betting. Ohio is a big sports state, so I, I imagine oh, this yeah. will be a decent number. It's too bad we won't get to bet on a Buckeyes national championship. That's all I'll say about that. Go Horned Frogs. <laughs> Our fourth and final topic is flavored tobacco. And the governor doesn't like that either. He says candy-flavored e-cigarettes have undone decades of public health work to keep kids off smoking. And that's why he vetoed a bill that would have blocked cities from banning the sale of things like watermelon vapes. Republicans in his own party said it was about consistency and not picking winners and losers in private business. But the governor says, you know, when it comes to the health of kids, he 
values local control in this argument. And he also said if his party wants consistency, if they want one rule for the whole state, well, they can ban flavored tobacco across Ohio. Yeah, this is interesting because it's uh, one of those issues that came up towards the end of Lame Duck. The city of Columbus was trying to ban these flavored tobacco products. And really just a couple days later, the Ohio legislature was like, no, 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 we would like to stop this. And Mike DeWine has been hinting that he was going to veto this bill. So it wasn't a massive surprise. It's pretty consistent with his past behavior and past legislation, even going back to when he was in Congress. Mike DeWine really tries to focus on kids and their health. And this is certainly a place where you can understand why he would veto it. And one more thing before you go. Subpoenas are going out for the trial of Larry Householder, and a bunch of current and former politicians have already got theirs. So Attorney General Dave Yost says he's got one. Former lawmakers like Dave Greenspan and Kyle Kaler and Jay Hottinger have all got theirs. And if you're wondering, Larry, who? Well... We have something very special coming up for you, our listeners. Jesse and I and Laura have all been working on a series of podcasts as the trial of the former House Speaker gets underway. We're going to break down the legal issues in the case with some really fantastic experts, and we'll have a two-part series on who Larry Householder is, how he came to power, how it all fell apart. Basically, you will be super prepared and sound super smart to your friends by the time the trial starts, even if you're scratching your head right now and going, Larry, who? Yeah, and both myself and Laura are planning to be at the federal trial that's going to be happening in the city of Cincinnati and seeing how this all plays out. So some politicians got their invitation to this, whether they wanted it or not. I would say some of these people are also witnesses because they worked with the FBI and shared some information. So we will see. Yeah. And so that's all going to start rolling out as early as next week. So look for extra podcasts wherever you listen. Ohio Politics Explained is brought to you by the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. You can find us on Twitter at Ohio Explained. And if you want to learn more about any of the topics we covered, check us out online at beaconjournal.com. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.